Um, hi, welcome to Table Talk Friday. My name is Seth Pittman, and I have some big news for everyone out there. So there are going to be some changes coming to the podcast, but we have a very awesome community over on Patreon now. And um, sadly, before <laughs> before we started getting a little bit more support, I had made a big life change. Um, that being that I am now a proud member of the U.S. Army. So uh, I'll be going out to boot camp and... I'm not, I, well, I was about to say where I was going to go, but let's uh, let's let's not get into the nitty gritty. I have boot camp in two weeks from you hearing this episode, meaning that I will not be here uh, for the next two and a half months. It'll be ten weeks, but duh, do not fret; it, it is going to throw off the podcast schedule just a little bit. But my plan um, is to have four or five episodes of just me talking. That way Zach and Drew don't have to put in a ton of extra stuff. Cause I do do all of the producing for the show. So, uh, I'm going to put out a couple of like half hour long episodes of me talking, including post shows and everything. Go ahead and get those scheduled to upload. Um, and I'm going to base those as a series around me researching new, um, Dungeons and Dragons, or not Dungeons and Dragons, uh, tabletop role-playing game systems. So, uh, we just played a session of Monster of the Week this past week. I do have Pathfinder, Starfinder, Fate Core, and Blades in the Dark to go over. So um, before I head out in two weeks, I'm going to go ahead and get all of those episodes rolling. So that way you guys can have consistent content over the next 10 weeks while I'm in basic. After that, we should return to regularly scheduled programming, albeit with some changes because I will no longer be in the same neighborhood as uh, Zach and Drew. I will be across the country um, doing some defense language school stuff. So got a pretty cool job uh, in the Army, got a lot of cool offers and everything. I'm not going to talk too much about it because it is going to be something I probably won't be able to talk about too, too much. But um, nonetheless, it's going to be exciting and we will still be continuing the show. We have not missed a week in the year and a half since we started it and we will not be changing that now. So, without further ado, welcome to Table Talk Friday. My name is Seth Pittman, and this is the first episode, well, not first episode of me being alone, because I did one last week. Um, and we will have a couple more rolling out um, over the next 10 weeks or so, probably five, if I had to guess. So, like, every other week, you might get me. Every other week, you'll get the, the full group of us, because we'll be recording uh, a couple in advance as well, so that way they don't they don't need to record just together while I'm gone. Um, but Hi. Uh, nice, nice to see you. Hope you're doing well. Anyways, um, drama in the D and D community has still been stirring up, and I am I am a little more lukewarm about it. Like last week, I was coming in hot and heavy. Like, yeah, no, uh, f Wizards of the Coast. I'm not really feeling this anymore. And the other two were feeling very much like, eh, I'm not really sure how the situation is going to play out. And we have gotten some more information since then. I'm not going to go through and read out articles or anything, but we got two separate responses from Wizards of the Coast, the one I talked about last week, and one um, where the creative producer or creative executive producer, whatever, um, guy who makes the stuff, <laughs> put uh, out a statement saying, like, we love the game, we're putting out a survey, blah, 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 blah. Since then, um, D&D Shorts has kind of followed up with all of his information, saying that a lot of people there... Uh, working at Wizards of the Coast saw it going in as like this is an incredibly awesome, passionate job thing that they're passionate about. And when they got there, figured out that it is much more of a corporation because obviously they're owned by Hasbro. That's what you should expect. Um, what should what we should expect in the future is a mostly digital um, Wizards of the Coast D and D world where they're going to make their tabletop role playing stuff. They're going to sell most things PDF and digitally wise, and one D and D and their virtual tabletop 
is what they want to be the standard. Now, the OGL was written out mostly, and like the whole OGL situation was mostly to try and get rid of uh, virtual tabletop competitors and such because, um, yeah, they, they, I don't know if they're not confident in it or if they just want to weed out competition so that they can be the one and only virtual tabletop. What, whatever the case may be, um, yeah, the, the plan was to like take that kind of content in a, away and it seems like we've been caught in the crossfire as creators and third-party creators and whatnot. And honestly, it was probably just a little more revenue for Hasbro um, because their numbers haven't been so great. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know everything about like the business and everything like that, but uh, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So from here on out, um, my, my D&D games will be third-party books. And if I use 5e as my base system, uh, yeah, I'll be doing third-party books and, and or writing my own campaigns. And um, I'm going to be testing out a whole bunch of other systems. Very exciting stuff. I'm excited about it. Um, this this episode, though, and that, that's just my like little little update on the the drama situation. Still not going to be purchasing from Wizards of the Coast just because um, the principle of it at the moment. They're not. I, I doubt I'll be changing my mind about that anytime soon. And uh, I, there are going to be some things releasing while I'm in basic because I leave February something and I'll be back in the middle of April. So me being back in the middle of April means that the movie will have released, their, um, their new module might have released already. So stuff like that will be coming out. Don't plan to see the movie. Don't plan to buy the module. Um, meaning you won't get reviews from me on it even or 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 if i decide otherwise i'll be that guy i've i've been seeing influencers uh moist critical put it up the other day where he's like here i'm going to watch all the bad stuff so you don't have to so maybe i'll read the bad stuff so you don't have to and then tell y'all about it so that's that's something i'm considering as well being like okay well maybe if i go through it and i put it out there whether it's a physical book or a pdf or whatever um i can go through it and be like, hey, here's why or why not, or why you should or should not buy this book. Because uh, as we've talked about in the past, yeah, a lot of the stuff lately has not been as high of quality. So um, I've been doing tons of research on different game systems. And like I said, I have five sitting right next to me, Monster of the Week, the Pathfinder Core Rulebook, the Starfinder Core Rulebook, the Fate Core System, and Blades in the Dark. These are the ones I plan to read through and test. Now, with me going to basic, I'm not going to get a lot of time to read while I'm there. But I have learned how to play Monster of the Week. And let me tell you guys, it is a fun-ass game. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, it is nothing like D&D, like fantasy-wise. You are telling stories much along the lines of Supernatural, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, X-Files, even Scooby-Doo. And um, Zach, Drew, and Ch Chase and I played it the other day um i ran a session that dungeon dudes uh awesome awesome youtube channel with a lot of cool campaigns and stuff going on they did a monster of the week campaign i ran their first session called ghost house and let me tell you they ran it they ended up in one place and my party ended up in a completely different place just based on their decisions and whatnot and it was so cool uh monster of the week is based around um like using 2d sixes in order to determine whether your role succeeds or fails. And you have just very basic skills, basic classes, stuff like that. You can make characters in an hour or less. So, um, the the players made a... Uh, with my suggestion, I threw out a joke. I was like, what if you guys were like a a group of um, people who sell like something like something to get rid of the paranormal? Like you're, you're, not, you're not real... 
um, what do they call them? Uh, Zach or Drew aren't here to correct me. So when I lose a word, it's not going to come back. And it happens to me all the time. Um, but yeah, oh, exorcist. They're not like exorcists or anything that they're like an MLM uh, where they said they called themselves Ghost X. And uh, they sold basically aerosol water cans and they would go around the house like exterminators and spray it down. So they were hired by this lady who, <laughs> whose kids had been um, acting really weird lately and like talking about killing her and whatnot. And so, <laughs> so she hires this, the party, the three of them to come in and spray down her house, um, thinking that they're going to get rid of it and everything Everything went south after that. The, her boyfriend came over to, in, to uh, and found them and was like, I knew you were cheating and whatnot. Um, <laughs> they had an argument upstairs. The kids interacted with the party a whole bunch. And it was a very, very fun session. It, it felt very much like a combination between Supernatural and Scooby-Doo for us where uh, Zach's character, his name was Kyle. He was actually a high school kid who was so into the paranormal. So he dressed himself up in like, full um full like armor he's he, he's part of an organization called the new knights templar um and he could cast like spells and stuff because he had like learned them online and then they had never worked before until the situation where he actually needed them so for the first time his spells went off so it was hilarious um drew played a guy who was just there to make money like he doesn't believe he's like a skeptic he doesn't believe in ghosts or anything like that and so drew goes in like <laughs> Starts introducing himself, being like, hey, Kyle, like, why are you so interested in this? Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, it, bringing a kid along, it's good for business, you know? Stuff like that. It was really fun whenever his character realizes, oh, this is real. People are dying. Um, and then Chase played um, the Flake, which sort of has a supernatural connection, like, um, to, like, he, like, telepathy, visions, things like that. I can't explain it that well. They read over the character stuff. I just read the Keeper stuff. Um, and the keeper is the DM. So I ran the game. Um, as the keeper, I don't have to roll any dice. I just tell the story. And based on whatever they roll as players when I ask them to is the result of what I narrate. So whether they take damage depends on, well, did you roll um, zero to six is a complete fail. Seven to nine means you succeed, but with consequences. So maybe you say you pull out your gun and you go to shoot the werewolf. So you hit the werewolf, you dealt some damage, but also the werewolf got close enough and claw attacks you and take, you take two damage as well. Um, and then also there, um, let's see, what was I saying? Oh yeah. And then um, 10 and up, if you roll 10 or up on anything, including with your modifiers, um, that is a pass. You, su you succeed on what you set out to do. And let me tell you, gang, these fuckers crushed it. Like they rolled 10 and up over half of the time. Like there were, there were some fails there were, but there were barely any seven to nines. And when I like, sometimes I'll practice rolling. If I'm learning a new system, I'll be like, oh yeah, let me just see what, what like the average is on what you're going to roll. So I know what to expect when the game comes along. Cause I expected them to take a significant amount of damage. I expected the fights to be tough. And, um, so there I'm over here rolling and I'm, I get seven, like 70% of the time. I was like, Oh, so seven to nine is going to happen all the time. Right? No, not with these three. Absolutely not. They, they crushed it. Uh, they had a blast. It seemed like, um, afterwards I was like, okay, how did you guys feel about the system? Chase, um, was, was the hottest on it. He was like, I really, really enjoyed that. Like it was, um, it was something that allowed him to flex his creative brain without having to worry so, so, so much about everything on his character sheet. Um, Zach and Drew were both like, that was awesome. I would love to do more like one-offs and like maybe a short arc in that. 
but obviously it's not going to take over our main campaign or anything like that. And uh, I, I expressed pretty much the same thing. I was like, yeah, I had a blast running it. It was some of the most fun I've had during a tabletop session. Like, that was one of my favorite sessions of any game that I've run. And um, so I was like, but at the same time, I do miss the grid combat. Like, the tactical Fire Emblem-like move over here attack combat. Like, I I like that. I'm, I'm a big fan of strategy combat. And I, I did miss that a lot when we were doing Theater of the Mind. So... Um, my plan for the future as far as like games I'm going to be running, yeah, it was an awesome test, and I have three more sessions in the arc I want to do for them. Um, I don't think we'll finish those before I head out to basic, but um, it was it was super-duper interesting. I loved the heck out of it. Uh, my plan for the future is I'm going to learn Roll20. I looked at a lot of different tabletops, uh, tabletop games, or like uh, virtual tabletops. Um, I was interested in Foundry, Talespire, things like that, but Roll20 is the one that I ended up deciding on only because um, it has so many games on it, and even if it doesn't have a game, I can make something a lot faster than I can in a 3D environment where I have to sit in there and like program and design it. Um, still interested in a couple of other ones. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it a little bit more, but... I think Roll20 is where I will end up just because it is, it like I said, it's simple for me to um, sit down and make a Roll20 game pretty quickly. Now, the, the hard part for me is I, the layers in Roll20 bother me, like, uh, like oh, here's the Dungeon Master layer, the player layer, this, like, though it bothers me a little bit only because um, my brain doesn't, like, when I see something on the screen, my brain doesn't work visually like that. I usually work better when I hear something. Um, so maybe I need to just listen to a podcast that teaches me how to, how to use roll 20, um, or just, you know, get a bunch of YouTube videos going. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I can learn it pretty quick, but yeah, my brain trying to learn it by myself was tough. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn over the next few weeks, learn how to use roll 20 pretty well. And then once I have that down, uh, I think we'll be pretty dang set for the future. Um, I'm really looking forward to Pathfinder and Starfinder. If not for the fact that uh, they're two systems that work in the same universe really well, sort of like um, <coughs> like Spelljammer and well, I, I, it's the same world for Spelljammer to like Forgotten Realms stuff. But yeah, Spell Spelljammer to like Forgotten Realms is cool, but like pa Starfinder is a legit sci-fi uh, universe, while Pathfinder is the legit fantasy one. Only thing I don't like about Starfinder is it's more based around like Pathfinder first edition, I believe. Uh, and second edition just changes changes so much and makes it, I think, a little more user friendly. So going through the Starfinder rulebook, I was like, oh my gosh, what ex what exactly is happening in here? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking out Pathfinder because I really like the the customization options as opposed to like, okay, here's this, here's your subclass, here's this, here's that, here's this. There's a lot more. Um, complexity and a lot more like choice when it comes down to like oh you get you go into your class and you pick a ton of feats to make your character um, it, it's really interesting to me and I'm into the idea of the three action combat system as well I think that combat which I'd say is my weakest weakest spot as a DM is definitely when it comes down to combat so um, I think going going into it with like the three actions all the options that you get like, there's, there's just a whole lot of fun to be had in a system like that. So, going to check out Pathfinder, and if I end up liking it more than 5e, then I'll end up using it, um, and and maybe doing that. The bad thing is, I have so many, like, third-party books and stuff for 5e at this point. Like, I bought all the Tome of Beasts, all the Tome of Heroes stuff, the Creature Codex, the Court of the Shadow Fae, uh, the Midgard setting books. 
I have so much like 5e third party stuff that's not even like Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition stuff that I'm like, man, well, I want to use all of that. So, and I don't feel morally wrong still playing 5e because it's a game that was made before this problem existed. Um, Wizards of the Coast has always been owned, owned by Hasbro. So, like, knowing that, um, we played this game before the OGL situation came up. I feel, I feel like the system is still okay to play, especially for us, for those at home uh, who might find it difficult switching systems. I think it's perfectly fine to continue in 5e. Um, what I would say, though, is just don't give Wizards your money because we need to send the message like, hey, um, we're here to be a... We're, I, I feel like the tabletop community is pretty tight-knit. Like, I no, I'm, do I go to the Adventure League stuff... Um, at the local comic stores. No, but I do know the owners at a lot of the local comic shops. Uh, they know what I'm looking for. Like I walked in and I was like, Hey, you guys got spell jammer minis. And they were like, yeah, we got seven boxes in the back. You want them? And I was like, yes. And I paid them an exorbitant amount of money for them. Uh, and I walked out with them. But, uh, yeah. So I feel like the tabletop RPG community, because it is so much, so tight knit based around the fact that third party content is everywhere. Like, uh, everyone is so, like, people who are into, into tabletop RPGs are into tabletop RPGs. None of that is going to change, and it doesn't matter which system we're using to get there. Um, that's about all I've got. See, I, I feel like this is going to be, like, the typical time limit for me, is, like, when I, when my thoughts start hitting 20 minutes or so, um, then, then I start to get a little off base. So, I... I do deeply apologize to everyone out there um, who may listen to this episode or to, to this podcast every week and think like, oh man, I can't wait to get another hour of the three boys talking. Uh, this is a temporary thing. Um, we will still have probably five, maybe four, four, I'll say four to six. That's, that's a safe assumption. Episodes of the three of us coming out in the future. Um, and there will be plenty of post shows to go around for the, uh, for the Patreon and everything will be uploaded to go. So everything you hear from us probably over the next two and a half months is going to be pre-recorded because, like, pre-recorded as in the next two weeks. Because uh, when I'm gone, I don't think the boys are going to be doing any work on it, um, and I will be, you know, front-loading all of this stuff. Um, I like sitting down and and talking by myself on the show, so I I don't mind doing this at all. And I am looking forward to the future of the show whenever I get back. Because if I'm going to be in AIT, which is like a training specialization in the military, for I'm gonna, I'm going to be there for about a year. Um, I get weekends off. I get a lot of my evenings free, so I'll be able to keep up with the show and get all of that done as well. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a workaholic, so we'll. Uh, We'll get to that point, and uh, I hope you guys just enjoyed the ride while you do. I know that um, the show over the past like year and a half has been like very, very consistent of the three of us. And again, I deeply apologize that I'm making a big life choice um, and uh, changing everything. So bear with me for the next couple of months, and I hope that you stick around in the long run. So for those of you listening on the the weekly episodes that we upload on Spotify, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of your different uh, podcast services, thank you so much for listening to Table Talk Friday. This has been Seth Pittman and one of my couple of solo episodes that will be coming out over the next couple of months. And um, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. <sighs> See you guys in the next one.